Welcome to Legal Nurse Podcast, where you will get tips to expand your legal nurse consulting skills. Every week, you'll hear from experts from within and outside of legal nurse consulting. They will share their knowledge to help you grow. Your show is moderated by Pat Iyer, a legal nurse consultant with 30 years experience. So join our community, sit back, relax, and get ready to learn. Here's Pat. Hi, I am Pat Iyer, and this is Legal Nurse Podcast, our show to bring you business guests who can build your business, help you understand what you need to do in today's market to effectively get exposure. And I can't think of a better business platform for exposure than LinkedIn. Beth Granger is my guest today. I've met Beth through my involvement with various business networking groups. And when people talk about LinkedIn in my world, LinkedIn and Beth Granger are linked, if you'll forgive me from a bad pun. Beth is a trainer. She's a pioneer. She's a person who has brought to our groups the newest features of LinkedIn because she often has an opportunity to try them out before the rest of us can. Beth, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Tell me, how did you get so deeply involved in LinkedIn? You know, honestly, by accident. So when I started my business many years ago, uh, I did a lot of different things. And one of my clients said, you know, our sales team's coming in next month. Can you teach them how to use LinkedIn? And at the time, I thought, why do you need to be taught to use LinkedIn? And you want to pay me to teach you to use LinkedIn? Okay. And <laughs> I just dove in and loved it. Loved it. it um, it's an amazing place for whatever your goals are, whether they're networking or sales or brand building. And uh, I went from there. And I'm sure over the years, you've seen some of the significant changes, particularly the ones after Microsoft bought LinkedIn. I've been involved in LinkedIn for, you know, probably at least a decade. And I remember features that disappeared and other features that arrived with the changes. Can you tell us a little bit about a new feature that you're involved with now? You're doing some beta testing maybe is the the right word with LinkedIn audio. Yeah. So that's, uh, I think it's coming out of beta or maybe technically out of beta, but yes, I did beta test it. And LinkedIn audio is, they're audio only conversations. So if you've been on Clubhouse or heard of Clubhouse, it's LinkedIn's version of that, if you will. And they're really powerful. People are hosting all sorts of events. And because LinkedIn is global, people can join from anywhere in the world. And the conversations do tend to be business or career related because of the platform that we're doing them on. Okay. So this is, from what I understand, sort of roughly equivalent to Clubhouse. It's not a you delivering like we are, we're delivering a podcast. It's one-way communication, although it's two-way between us, but it's one way out to our listener. It sounds like this is more of a group chat. 
or a group an online active live conversation? Well, in the best cases, it is. I mean, people can and have used it to do something like we're doing where it's, and people are just listening. Mm-hmm. But to me, the, the great power of it is that people can raise their hand and come and, and say something and it becomes a conversation for a group. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. I think it's fascinating how an innovation like Clubhouse starts up and then other platforms say, hey, it seems like people are finding this to be engaging. How can we incorporate this concept? Yeah. And social audio to me is it's very powerful because conversations are powerful. So whether it's Twitter spaces or or Clubhouse or LinkedIn audio, it's a wonderful thing to host and, and be part of. If you don't host them, you can join the conversations. Mm-hmm. Well, I was on LinkedIn yesterday. I found it to be a very useful way to connect with legal nurse consultants who are the audience for this podcast. And I had a group of invites that had accumulated. And I saw some people who I thought, I don't really have anything in common with them. Can you give us some guidance on what types of invites are great and which ones you should look at and say, I don't really know, for example, what I have in common with the petroleum engineer who's probably out in the middle of the Norwegian Sea who decides that it would be fun to connect with me, just as an example. And that's a perfect example. So I think that everyone should have a philosophy or think ahead of time how they want to connect. There are people who connect with anybody and everybody, but then your network is more diluted. Uh, When I first started, I said to myself, all right, I'll connect with anybody if I have met them in person, really know them, or have had a substantial social media conversation with them. And that worked for a while. What would happen is sometimes I'd go to an in-person conference, remember those, and meet somebody, we'd connect. If I didn't have any kind of follow-up conversation, that, that was more of a weaker tie, if you will. But So I like to truly know the person in some way. What I do is I, three passes sort of of the incoming invites. One are immediate yeses. People I know, just met at an event, whatever it might be. There's some immediate no's and the petroleum engineer one, in my opinion, is likely to be a fake account. There are some fake accounts on LinkedIn, not as many as say Twitter or other platforms, but there's some that just, I don't trust and they they just don't feel right. So those are immediate no's. And then I have the people in between. And those are people that maybe they sent me a message and I think there's something interesting in what they said or where I want to check them out a little bit. And so what I have to do, and this takes time, is look at their profile, see if there's a reason to have a conversation. And then I will reply first to sort of vet them. And I'll say something like, I like to have a really strong network, curious how you found me and what made you interested in connecting. And that Mm. vets them. Because if they don't reply, then maybe they're a fake account or they're just trying to sell me or they're using automated tools, which are against the terms of service to 
outreach to a lot of people. Tell us a little bit about those automated tools and why they're against the terms of service. Well, I can't speak for LinkedIn. I don't know why they they are against the terms of service, but I don't like them because to me, the power of LinkedIn are those one-to-one relationships. Those You don't want to turn it into a cold calling, the same thing as cold calling, or it, it's not automated. You can't automate relationships. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about messages I've gotten that have been along the lines of, well, hello, we can help you with your shortage of beds in your facility. <laughs> and I look at, I send a message back and say, I'm not in your target market. And then that's usually the end of it. But I've had a few people who have persisted beyond that and continued to contact me. And I'm, I'm not the person that they need to be speaking to. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. And I don't know. I imagine there's some people that are just led astray. People say, Hey, this is how to do it. You're going to, you won't have to do any work. You'll get all these clients. Um, And then there are people who are just looking for shortcuts. Mm -hmm. As we think about uh, the people that we want to connect with, and you talked about the relationships piece, I know that Some people are drawn to us because of the content that we post. There are so many ways that we can use LinkedIn. What do you find is the most effective from a business perspective? Where should we putting, where should we be putting our energy? Mm, That's a great question. So to me, it does depend on your goals for the platform, but sometimes the most effective things are actually things that you might not think they are. So supporting other people in your network. So joining conversations that are already happening rather than, yes, of course you want to share your thoughts and ideas, but you can support your network by going to their content, engaging with their content, sharing their content, introducing people, you know, to other people, you know, and to me, that's even more powerful than just sharing your own content. I have heard about circles, and there's some controversy about this. I'm curious about your opinion. By circles, I'm referring to boosting circles. So Beth and Gina and Pat and Susan and Richard all share each other's posts at the same time, once a week. They all post, and then they all share each other's posts, and and that gets more visibility. And I've also heard that LinkedIn is looking for those kinds of patterns where they can see it's the same people and it's or it's the same time of the day. I'm confused about whether that's an effective strategy or it's something that LinkedIn sees as gaming the system. Yeah, that's a great question. And, and another term for those circles are pods. So people mm-hmm. will say they're in a pod. To me, there's this, there, there's bad pod behavior, there's supporting people that you know, like, and trust, and there's a gray area in between. So if you join a group where you may not even know the people and you are promising to engage with the content of however many people every day, and you don't even read the content and you're just saying, great post, or something very low value, to me that, I can see why LinkedIn wouldn't like that. And I wouldn't like that either. 
if there are people that you know, like, and trust, and you want to make sure they see your content, to me, that's a different story. That's supporting people that where their content really is interesting. And you're going to read the content or watch the video and engage in a thoughtful way. So to me, they're different things. And um, I think the thought more thoughtful way is great. The idea of pods can be tricky. So you just want to be careful. If it's a group of people who simply want to support each other and you're not necessarily promising to do it, it's just you're sharing content with each other to make sure that you see it. That's my personal opinion. Uh, I don't know mm -hmm. how LinkedIn defines pods, but. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk about what you post, uh, what kind of content is appropriate, and then also written versus video. What are your thoughts about that? So types of content in terms of what you're actually sharing Think about, turn it around. Think about when you're on LinkedIn, what kinds of content make you stop and read or watch or engage in some way. So you want it to be either interesting or educational or inspirational, something where you're sharing your ideas, your thoughts, and hopefully people will want to join that conversation. In terms of the actual, is it written, is it video? There are a lot of people who dig really deep into the algorithm and say, well, this week, LinkedIn seems to like video, so you should do a lot of video. And okay, you can you can do that, but the algorithm's always changing. I don't want people to stress over worrying about the kind of content and start with the way that's easiest for them that will let them share their thoughts regularly. And then move into other types of content because You'll have people within your network who only like to read. You'll have people who love to watch videos. You'll have people who like pictures. So um, experimenting with sharing your ideas in different ways is great, but not to such an extreme where you don't share because, oh, I don't have time to do a video. So so write something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have also heard that the automation tools that are posting content for us on social media, although wonderfully convenient, and I use them myself, are not exactly in LinkedIn's favorite methods of people posting. Can you comment on that? So I believe if you're talking about tools like Buffer or Hootsuite or tools to share content on social media, they're not as far as I know, against any rules, the way um, the automated tools for connecting and reaching out to people are. Uh, and, and I don't know for sure if they, they're they more likely or less likely to show your post to people if you use one of those tools. So I think the key thing is the content itself. Mm -hmm. You're not going to share the same exact thing, say, on Instagram as you would on LinkedIn. They're just different. The, the language is different. They're different platforms. So using a tool, if that makes it easier for you, maybe I like to do it just by going to, to LinkedIn and doing it. But they, they don't uh, say that you can't. And in fact, they recently allowed more access to the API so that tools can do things like 
um, I think tools can now do a poll if they want to. I don't think any of the tools have implemented it yet, but LinkedIn has said we've opened the API so that tools can. Hmm. Okay. Before we continue with the show, I'd like to share this special announcement with you. Hi, I'm Pat Iyer, and I have with me Valerie Lane, who is the founder and president of Lane & Associates. Valerie is a person who spent 15 years as a legal nurse consultant, and I've known her for probably eight or 10 of those years. Valerie has experience both as an independent LNC and as a corporate legal nurse consultant working in a department of risk services, overseeing some of the claims or potential claims that arose in a healthcare setting. Valerie is going to be one of the speakers at our LNC Success Conference, taking place October 27, 28, and 29, 2022. She's going to be one of a group of experienced LNCs who are panelists sharing some of the lessons learned from being experienced LNCs. Valerie, can you give our viewer just um, a taste of what you're planning to cover in your session? Certainly. So in my session, I'm going to share how I got started, the things that work well for me, and the things that were a complete waste of time. So you don't have to repeat the same mistakes I did. And I won't ask you to share your mistakes in this video. <laughs> I know that mine would go on for a long time if I were asked that question. What is a tip that you have identified has made you successful? Not everyone gets to that 15 year mark. Some people don't get that far and clearly you've been doing something correct. Well, I believe persistence is key. You just have to keep moving forward, market, contact attorneys. That's um, a sticking point for many LNCs because some individuals come out of LNC programs thinking it's going to be easy to start a business, that there are attorneys just sitting in their offices waiting for Valerie Lane to make a phone call to say, hey, would you like to work with me? And you're laughing. How come that's not true, Valerie? Well, because attorneys are very busy. And so what I found is the only time I talk to attorneys really on the phone, because when they're on the phone, they make money and time is money. And so they are busy working on their cases. They have multiple cases going on at once. Um, and so usually communication is very um, succinct, minimal. And so, and that's just the way, that's been my experience. One of the things that I know about Valerie is that she's always interested in learning. She has, in the time that I've known her, completed her bachelor's degree. She has self-taught herself many of the skills okay. that she uses in her business. She is a master at using Adobe Acrobat, for example, in terms of organizing medical records. And like Valerie, who's invested so much of her time in learning, I encourage you to invest your time in joining us at this conference, October 27, 28, and 29, 2022. Join us live, where you'll have an opportunity to ask questions of Valerie and the other speakers. And if you hear this video 
after the conference is over, you'll have an opportunity to invest in the recordings and get the information that we shared at the conference. We'd love to have you join us. Go to this link below the video. It is lnc.tips forward slash October 2022 virtual. That's all one word, no spaces. lnc.tips forward slash October 2022 virtual. And we'll see you there as well as having you have an opportunity to talk to Valerie in person or at least virtually. Thanks so much. Now let's return to the show. There were times when polls were very popular and I haven't seen many of them recently. Neither. And I think that that's more likely the algorithm than that people aren't doing them as much. And at one point, my mobile feed was filled with polls, but my desktop feed was not. So that hmm. the feeds can be different depending. And of course, they're always testing things, changing the algorithm, making tweaks. Um, and, and polls can be interesting. You can gather information from them, but you know, the ones, what did you have for dinner? You know, I wasn't interested personally. No, that's sort of a who cares response. Yep. And I think that maybe also people who mistakenly think of LinkedIn like Facebook, where we don't care about your dinner either, by the way, on Facebook. But it, but I occasionally see people who post on LinkedIn as if it was Facebook, and or at least in the feeds that I have. And I know that I get my tiny little feed and you've got your tiny little slice of the world and then there's all the rest of the people who are behaving in, in varying ways. I will say, so it's interesting that you said, you know, we're not interested in what you had for dinner on Facebook either. I share not typically in a post on Facebook or Instagram, but in my stories, I do share things that I've cooked or made or slices of life, if you will. And I don't personally mind that on LinkedIn if there's a reason behind it. So if it's just that you're sharing the same thing in three places for some unknown reason, no. But if you're sharing that you've made it a practice to have a work-life balance, so you're stopping work at five o'clock every day so that you can cook dinner, and it happens to be a photo that you put with this post is what you cooked for dinner, to me, that's interesting. It's mm -hmm. different than just sharing with no context and no reason. My, my guy who cuts our grass was planting peas for us this spring when we were in Florida, and they have to be planted when the ground is fairly cold, and they come to fruition in June, July, and then the heat kills them. So we got one meal of peas uh -oh. out of uh, the garden, and it took a long time. If you have ever shucked peas, it took a really long time for me to get you know, like a handful of peas. And so I, I remember I posted on Facebook, I really appreciate now the people who go out into the fields and shell peas because it's a tedious job. It, they were fresh and they were wonderful and they were better than frozen. But, you know, it must have taken me 25 or 30 minutes to make this little tiny pile of peas. Yes. You know, to me, that's a different post than, oh, look, I had peas and spaghetti for dinner. Exactly, exactly. And I like the 
the fact that, especially over the past two years, we've realized that people have lives in addition to work and that they overlap with each other and you can't have one without the other. And, and that some content and things that people are sharing are more on the personal side. They're sharing bits of themselves and their lives. Mm-hmm. But again, it's always with a purpose and with thought. Well, we are on the subject of what you should and shouldn't do on LinkedIn. We've talked about respecting the the framework of this as being primarily a business networking platform as opposed to a social one. And we've talked about these um, accounts that might not be real, whereas I thought these were lonely men looking for life and now you've life and love and you've shared with me they may not even be real what else should we be avoiding aside from connecting with lonely profiles um well their behaviors so i i have a webinar that i did called nine linkedin landmines it's behavior to avoid Mm. that can damage your reputation. So there are things, some things are really important, like the connect and pitch. Don't you hate that when you connect with somebody and immediately you get a pitch in your message trying to sell you something. So people should definitely not do that. They should not treat it as a cold calling platform. Mm. It's okay to reach out to people you don't know, but tell them why be, be clear. And, and if possible, engage with their content first, get to know them first. Mm -hmm. Um, Some other things to avoid. Really, the key is imagine for anything, if you're wondering about doing it or saying it, imagine we were in person at a networking event or some kind of conference. Would you say that thing? Would you take that action in person? That's kind of a good guideline. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean like shaking the hand of a person? Meanwhile, your eyes are over the shoulder looking to who else can you meet in the room? That kind of behavior? <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, that's you're less likely to notice that behavior on LinkedIn, but <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're making me think about something I did last night when I was looking for legal nurse consultants who would wanted to be guests on my podcast. And I connected with a group of people who were legal nurse consultants who were second level connections and invited them based on their profile. And I individualized each of these, but I invited them to have a chat with me to talk about being on the podcast. I wasn't trying to sell them anything, but it was the first time that I did it other than in the past, I've can, I've invited people who are first level connections. I already have a relationship with them. But this was sort of like a cold invite and would you be a guest, not trying to sell them anything. Is that something that I should? No, I think that was that's lovely because you're you're offering them something. You're Mm -hmm. to me, that's different. That's not selling them something. So, for instance, I've had people reach out. Somebody offered me attendance at an event that I was interested in. Were they hoping that I might join that group or that organization? Yes, right. of course, but it, it was a, a fine way to reach out. So mm-hmm. I, I think most people would love to hear from somebody that wants them on their podcast. Okay. All right. Then I guess I'm okay. <laughs> 
if we had 10 minutes a day, and I think we all have 10 minutes a day. So I'll say when we have 10 minutes a day, what should we be doing on LinkedIn? So I have a, a list of things that I like to do every day. And some of them are simple just to keep things uh, from being too long of a list, like check your incoming connection invites and make decisions that we already talked about. Check your notifications because that's that will keep you current on your network. Does somebody have a new job? Did somebody comment on your post? Did somebody reply to you? I also, and I think we all like to do this, I like to look at who viewed my profile and not just be interested. I like to take action based on that. And that would be if a first connection looks at my profile and I haven't talked to them in a while, there's a reason. I don't know what that reason is. Could be nothing. Could be an introduction to a client or a potential client. So I like to reach out to those people. And that has led to a lot of work for both me and my clients. So if I hadn't talked to you in a while and I saw that you were on my profile, I would reach out to you. And I would probably say something like, notice you stopped by my profile. How are you? I wouldn't necessarily ask why I would allow, allow that to come from you. And you might say, I was looking to see how to spell your name, or I was looking through your connections, or I read that post, or you might say, oh, there's someone I want to introduce you to. That's why I was looking. Do you know without buying the paid versions, who are the individuals who've looked at your profile? So on the free version, you see the most recent five people. Mm-hmm. Although they, if they're in anonymous mode, you won't see them in, in the free version. It'll just say a LinkedIn user or something like that. Mm -hmm. But so many people don't even know you can change that, that you'll probably see most of the people that, and unless you suddenly have a hundred people looking at your profile in a day, if you check every day, you'll probably notice who's been mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. That was not something that I've been paying attention to. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wonderful. because And even second connections, there's a reason. You don't know what that reason is, but it might be uh, a prompt for you to reach out to that person. Mm -hmm. Yes. Is there anything else that you think we should be focusing on when we're on LinkedIn in terms of this daily five-minute or daily 10-minute check? Yeah, so... I also like to every day check in to see if anybody that is important in my world has shared a post so that I can support them and engage with their content. And I used to have to do it manually by having bookmarked their activity page. Now LinkedIn has that feature, which is the notification bell that you'll see on people's profile. And if you click that in notifications, you will see some, not all, Notif you'll be notified when they share a new post so that you can engage with it. And because you want to support your network, just like you want to be supported in return. You know, there are all these little nooks and crannies about LinkedIn that I have been paying no attention to, Beth. <laughs> Thank you for that tip. I know that little yeah. bell is there, yeah. but I have not really been focusing on it. So you can pick, what I typically advise is pick five to 10 referral partners, five to 10 people that inspire you, and maybe five to 10 clients or prospects. 
and because you don't how much time do you have? You don't have a lot of time, but um, that way, and you want to make sure they're active first. If somebody never shares content, there's no, no reason to click on their bell. I have seen in looking for legal nurse consultants to invite this message. It says, this person has not been active on LinkedIn recently. And I'm thinking, well, will they even get my message if I invite them to be a guest? Right. They might not see it. Yeah, that may account for why I'm not getting responses from a number of people. And for the listener to this podcast, if you would like to be featured on Legal Nurse Podcast, please send me an email at patriciaiyer at gmail.com and put in the subject line, podcast guest, and let's chat. Beth, is there anything else um, that we should be doing on a daily basis before I ask you how our listener can stay in touch with you and find out more about the services you offer? I think we talked about the things that, in my opinion, are important to do every day. You'll notice that I didn't say share content because I don't think you need to post every day. And in fact, posts seem to have a longer life. So that's why I didn't add that to the mix. Do you want to share regularly and on a consistent basis? Yes. But in my opinion, it doesn't have to be every day. I heard a gentleman who spoke to the National Speakers Association about using LinkedIn who said that if you've posted and your post is getting a lot of attention and then you post again, you bump out the attention that the first one, which is doing really well, is going to get and then replace it with a less performing post. Yes, it does seem to be the case. And and the reason I say it does seem to be the case is LinkedIn doesn't tell us this stuff. This is all <laughs> that person. And, and what I say, it's all observation. So mm -hmm. um, they, they rarely share the details of what goes on behind the scenes. So yes, it does seem that if you have a post that's doing well, let it go. Let it, let it continue to grow and engage with the conversation of the, the people who are commenting. He also shared one little ninja trick, which I think is along the lines of these automatic posting software pieces that he puts a dot in front of his name. So it's dot Richard Bliss. And if somebody wants to connect with him and calls him dot Richard Bliss, he knows that that is a person who's not paying attention to either the details or it's a software program that's being done auto-generated. That is one of the techniques that some people will do. I would caution people though, occasionally if you change your name, it will make LinkedIn think you're doing something off and it will, your account could get temporarily restricted. I've had seen that happen to people mm. and I don't know if it affects searchability. So if somebody is searching for you, does having that dot affect that? I think I'm, I'm pretty sensitive to automated things so I can frequently tell when it is. And so I don't, I don't personally worry about it. There, there are other ways to tell, you know, when you get the same message from 30 different people, you know that that's either automated or they've all gone to the same person to train them. And that person's saying, here, here's a script to use. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know that we have just what the appetite of our listener who recognizes that you are a wealth of information, Beth, 
What would be a way that our listener could connect with you and find out more about the services that you offer? Sure. Uh, well, email beth at bethgranger.com. Of course, I'm on LinkedIn. And because I have creator mode on, the default button they will see is follow, not connect. Mm-hmm. My messages are open, so people can send me messages there, even if they're not connected with me. Okay, good to know. And would you spell your last name for the person who's listening to the show? Good point. G-R-A-N-G-E-R. Okay. Thank you, Beth. I appreciate the tips that you shared. I think we could have gone on for another five hours if our stamina would have allowed it, (laughs) but we are not going to. To the relief of the person who's watching this on our YouTube channel on Legal Nurse Business or listening on Spotify or Apple Podcast or on our website, podcast.legalnursebusiness.com. Thank you, Beth, for sharing your expertise. It's been a pleasure. And thank you to you who's been paying attention to us, taking notes, hopefully, and go out and implement what Beth is saying. I think you'll find LinkedIn is a wonderful business tool. And with a little bit of concentrated attention to it every week, start with every week if you're not paying attention at all, move to a daily basis, just a little bit of time will give you great rewards. And Thank see you, you so next- much. <laughs> you are welcome. And see you at our next show next week with a new guest, new topic at Legal Nurse Podcast. My name is Pat Iyer, and this is Legal Nurse Podcast. You're going to have an opportunity to hear from Allison Dixon in a moment. Allison is an emergency department nurse with experience in quality improvement case review, which she is now applying to her legal nurse consulting practice. Allison and I just finished a podcast, and I will now ask Allison, what were some of the key things that we talked about? Some of the key things we discussed were emergency department throughput, misdiagnosis and misdiagnosis and treatment in the emergency department and things that can go wrong. One of the things that I believe you'll get from listening to Allison's podcast is the the sense of the stress associated with working in an emergency department and being a patient in an emergency department. The long waits for diagnostic test results, the long waits for treatment rooms, the anxiety and the stress that the patients experience while they are in the waiting area. They're uncomfortable, they're in pain, they want attention, and the attention is limited. And yet, at the same time, the ER is focused on getting those patients in and out as quickly as possible. And that doesn't always happen. So we'll explore those issues in the podcast with Allison Dixon. Be sure to watch your podcast to get some tips that will help you in evaluating emergency department cases. Thanks so much. Be sure to get Allison Dixon's podcast next. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Check out Pat Iyer's resources for legal nurse consultants on legalnursebusiness.com. 
Pat coaches legal nurse consultants so they make more money, get more clients, and avoid expensive mistakes. Check out her coaching program at lncacademy.com. Please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Join our community to get notified of each new episode and to receive the transcript of today's program. Complete the request form on podcast.legalnursebusiness.com. We appreciate you and your interest.